Welcome to the Loop Lifestyle Podcast, the number one podcast for diabetics who want to have their cake pop and eat it too. I'm your mentor, Stephanie Johnson. This podcast is recorded live on Instagram. We cover health, wealth, and relationships, the blueprint for transforming your life. So grab a pen and paper, take some notes. I hope you find some value in the information I'm sharing. Let's get into it. Welcome to Tilt, Transform Your Life Tuesday. I'm your mentor, Stephanie Johnson. I think we all inherently have things that we would mark as a red flag or a green flag when we're dating someone, but how can you really know if someone is right for you? My husband and I would spend hours at the end of every day talking and getting to know each other back when we were dating and sharing things about our day, and we really started to develop a bond, but there were also some hormones involved. I've recently started taking some trainings on hormones, and it's been really interesting. When we're hanging out with someone we like, oxytocin is released, and this makes us feel good. Dopamine is also released, which makes us feel happy. So our bodies can release these hormones when we're around someone we like, and it just really makes us feel good and want to be around them. When hormones start to get involved, we might not look at every aspect of the person from a logical standpoint. Now, I know this was true for me back in the day. I minimized some of the behaviors that I saw and maximized others. There were a few red flags, but I pushed forward anyway. Because of those hormones that are involved, we might see what we want to see and ignore the rest, especially if the red flags aren't big enough to make it blaringly obvious that we don't want to be with that person. But just because we ignore some of these red flags and forge ahead anyway, it doesn't mean that our relationship was doomed from the start or destined for failure. I've talked about some of the things that we had to absolutely overcome in order for our relationship to survive like criticizing each other, being defensive, harboring contempt, and shutting each other out. But if you can recognize those things when you're dating and overcome them early on, you'll have a much more enjoyable and fulfilling relationship. My husband used to criticize me quite a bit about certain things, like not making the bed, or he would say that I never cleaned the house, which wasn't true. I cleaned the house every Monday because I had wanted to spend the weekend spending time with him instead of doing chores. Then I would catch up on everything on Monday when he went back to work, and this was back when he was in the military, so our time together on the weekends was really important to me, but since he never actually saw me do the cleaning, he would say that I never did it. And then I would get defensive, right? I would do exactly what I just did. I would over-explain and justify my actions, and then because we were in conflict, I'd stonewall him. I would completely shut down which brought into play those feelings of contempt on both our parts. We both thought we were in the right and we would put each other down. All of these things are big red flags when you're dating. This is not a sign of a healthy relationship. So how did we turn those red flags into green flags? We didn't want to live in a marriage that we felt like was a disaster all the time, so we worked to learn how to better manage conflict even when we had differences. We had to stop criticizing each other and genuinely discuss our concerns and complaints and do it gently. Once I learned that what he meant when he said that I never cleaned the house was actually just that he wanted the bed made every day and that it was important to him, I was able to make that change and start making the bed every day because it was true that I didn't make the bed every day. I took responsibility. I didn't care if the bed was made or not, but since I knew it was important to him, I made it every day and I do that now because it makes me feel good to know that I'm doing something that I know he appreciates. And he takes responsibility for himself and his actions too, and this is really key. Both parties have to be involved and willing to do the work. We've both had to work on self-soothing, 
Sometimes we get upset and struggle with coping. I know I do, and it makes me want to just go hide under a rock. But we've learned to incorporate things that help us take breaks and feel better so that we can come back to the conversation with a better attitude and willingness to problem solve. For me, sometimes I just need a break. I can't handle the conversation, and my plan is to go down to the coffee shop down the street not think about what's going on, just check out mentally and get something that makes me feel good, calm myself down, and then when I get back, we can talk more when I'm feeling more grounded and in a better headspace. Whereas before, I would have felt more like I needed to just pack my bags and leave forever, when in reality, all I needed was a break. We had to really explore our past experiences, traumas, and triggers in order to overcome any building contempt or resentment. A lot of times what we were feeling came from a place of past trauma, not necessarily the present circumstances. I've definitely said things that I regret, things that would have made my mother cringe because she raised me better than that. And making the change to learn how to express your thoughts and feelings differently, more respectfully, really goes a long way toward improving relationships. So in the beginning, a budding relationship can be a lot of fun and it can result in us overlooking red flags like those that we talked about. If you're in a new relationship, relationship, start looking for those things now so you can either avoid them or address them. Get curious about how your partner responds when you set boundaries around those behaviors. Probably one of the things I struggled with the most was that I had very good boundaries in the beginning and a zero tolerance policy for those types of behaviors. But because life was happening and I got pregnant, I had a child, I never slept through the night again, and then I was diagnosed with various autoimmune deficiencies, I just got tired and my boundaries fell. Now, I could have played the victim and let our relationship wither and die, but we both put in the work to keep it alive and thriving. We learned how to be gentle with each other, even when we're upset, to take responsibility for our actions and soothe our own nervous system while we work on our past pain and resentment so that we don't continue to inflict that generational trauma on each other or our son. That's all for tonight, folks. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Tilt, Transform Your Life Tuesday. I hope you have the best night of your entire life. As always, the link for mentoring is in my bio at the underscore cranky underscore panky. Fill it out and we'll have a chat to see if my program's a good fit for you. Have a great night and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you very much. If you love this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag me at the underscore cranky underscore panky for Instagram and at the cranky panky for Facebook. You can find the application for mentoring at the link in my Instagram bio at the underscore cranky underscore panky. Get your application in. We'll have a chat and see if you have your cake pop and eat it too program is right for you. Until next time, stay in the loop.